Good morning, Legacy Church. We're excited that you're with us today. Hey, last Sunday we talked about our place in God. You'll never find your place in God till you put God in His place. You have to put God in His place, Jesus. Make Jesus Lord and King. Put the Father where He belongs on the throne of your heart. And come on, that's that, and find our place in the kingdom of God. Today we're talking about our passion. How many of you know that Jesus had a passion? That Jesus had a desire to please the Father. He had a desire to say everything the Father said. He had a desire to do everything the Father told him to do. Do you know he had an ambition and that was to go to the cross to save you and me from sin, from hell, from darkness and deliver us and bring us into the light of the Father. That heaven is wide open for us because of what Jesus has done. And so Jesus had a passion. So let's talk about our passion. I got five points today and I could spend a week on each one of them. But I want to put a fire in you. I want to put a passion in you. And I want to talk about our passion for God and the things of God. So number one, let's look at this. A passion and an addiction for God. There's a lot of people that have a passion for a lot of things in this life. And they're addicted to a lot of things. But it's not God. But God has, has, has put a place on the inside of us, in our spirit, where we can be passionate, that we can carry a passion for God, that we can carry an addiction for God. Well, what do you mean by passion? You ever been around somebody and all they talk about is baseball? Or all they talk about is basketball? Or all they talk about is their kids? They have a passion for their kids or their grandkids. They have a passion for baseball. They have a passion for dance line or dancing or band or music. That's all they talk about. That's what their passion is about. And God wants us to be passionate about Him. He has to be number one. He wants to be first place. And so let's look at Matthew 22 and verse 36. This is the greatest commandment. And they asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. The two commandments that we keep is these are the two that are for us today in the new covenant. Well, what about the rest? Well, if you do these, you won't steal. If you do these, you won't covet. If you do these, you won't commit adultery. If you do these, you'll put God first. And so, listen, this is the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is where your passion lies. You need to be addicted to God. You, need, you, 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 you should be where you cannot wait for God to show up in your life or God to lead you or to look back at the end of the day and everything that God has done for you. You need to acknowledge him, put him first. Uh, you know, religion is about discipline. Religion, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. But, but really, and I do believe in discipline and I do believe in discipleship, which comes from that. But Christianity is modeled through passion. Loving God, loving your neighbor and loving yourself. You've got to love God. You've got to love your neighbor and you must love yourself because if you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. And if you don't love yourself, you're not loving God either. That's 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 what the three are right there. Love God, love your, your neighbor and love yourself. John 13, 35 says by this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. 
It didn't say because you pray two hours or because you read the Bible all day and you do need to pray. But the prayer comes out of passion. The, the love for the word comes out of the passion for God. You want to know what God's thinking, what God's saying. And so the love that we have for, for one another draws people to the kingdom of God. And so we need to be excited about that. You know, 1 Corinthians, we're not going to look it up, but 1 Corinthians 13, 16 and, and 6, 18 through 20 says we're the house of God. We are the house of God. And when I think about passion, when I think about somebody that's passionate about something, they're on fire for it. They're on fire about it. You know, I followed hunters through the woods and they'll walk for miles trying to find a turkey or a deer. They'll go for miles squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting because they have a passion or I'll sit and, and, and I'm fishing and I've seen a guy just cast and cast and cast and he never takes a break. He won't even hardly eat because he's got to catch that next fish. He's got passion about it. How about you? Are you passionate about the things of God? Are you passionate about what God's doing in the earth today? Oh, quit looking at the news and the TV, but look at what God's doing in the earth. Get, get this. In Hebrews 12, 29, it said, God is a consuming fire. You remember when Moses, he looked up on the mountain and the bush was burning, but it was not, it was on fire, but it was not burning. Do you know what? God, if you're the house of God and God lives in you, don't you think you ought to be on fire for him? Don't you know if he's if he is living to the maximum on the inside of you, if God is living to the fullness on the inside of you, you ought to be burning up. You ought to be on fire for God. If you're not on fire for God, we've got to check ourselves. We got our woods wet. Something's wrong. We, we have got to get on fire for God. And, and we have to we have to pursue him like we would anything else. Come on. We've got to have a passion for God. You know what? It, just like that burning bush, Moses saw the burning bush and said, I got to go see what that's about. Do you know what? If you set your heart on fire for God, people will come around you and they'll want to know what you've got. They'll want to hang out with you. They'll want to be a disciple because you're a disciple. You think about it. The people, if you want to learn about being a mechanic, you hang about around mechanics. If you want to learn about sewing, you need to get around somebody that knows how to sew. Do you know what? I've learned how to pray. I've learned how to get into the word from people who knew how to pray, who, from people who knew how to get into the word. And, and that's that's the place we, we need to have a passion and we need to get around passionate people. And if you're not around passionate people, you're going to be pulled down uh, by all the people and all the dulls, the things that are going on in the earth. So 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 say it with me. I want to be on fire. Say it again. I want to be on fire for God. I want to be on fire I want to be on fire for God. So let's go to number two. Number two. Are you ready? We need to have a passion for the word. We, we need to have a fire for the word of God. Hebrews 4.12. Uh, we, we read it often. And it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is discerner and the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God will, will tell you the difference between your thoughts and God thoughts. How many of you know God's speaking to you all the time and you don't recognize him? Uh, at the time we argue with God, we don't even know we're arguing with him. We think we're arguing with ourselves. But the, the word of God teaches that the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Do you get into the word? Do you ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher? You know, the Holy Spirit will lead you through the Bible. He'll lead you through the Bible and he'll direct your steps. You know, I've asked God for, for Lord, what's my next step? 
What's my next step? And, and what do I need to do? And, and I've got a hard decision to make. And I'll just be reading the word or I'll listen to somebody uh, preaching. I've been in church services and, and as I read the word and I go just maybe two scriptures past it and God speaks to me. And he tells me, and that's it. That's, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I've got it because I sought him through his word. I sought him uh, uh, by his word. Do you know, uh, when, when you get a passion for the word of God and you start reading it, it it'll change you. Uh, the, it only takes one word from God to change your life. One phrase from God, one phrase. How many of you know that the Bible says that, that the word uh, was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh? The word is Jesus. And how about this? How about this? Just one word to the disciples. Jesus said, come follow me. Come follow me. You know, he's still saying, come follow me. He still says, come follow me to me. And, and because I, I need to follow him to the next level. I need to follow him to a deeper place. I need, you know, he told uh, his disciples, wait here and pray. Then he took three with him up the mountain. He took, you know, he took different ones who were hungry, who were on fire. And you say, well, you know, God never speaks to me. Then get on fire for him. Start pursuing him. And guess what? You, you may not start with a passion, but as you get into it, uh, the word of God will become on fire on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit will start speaking to you through the word and he'll give you revelation. And, and you know, and I'm not talking deep revelation. You, nobody, you know, we chase too much revelation when we ought to be just walking in the simple things and being a doer of the word as we talked about last Sunday. How about the phrase, how about the phrase that I saw, talked about last Sunday, that you're the friends of God? Most people can't see themselves as being a friend of God that I'm not worthy. Uh, he wouldn't want to be my friend. Uh, he don't. God made you. He created you. And we're going to read. You're his workmanship. You're his work of art. How about how about? Well, he, he couldn't use me. Well, he does and he wants to. So let's get a passion. Something, something, when the word of God gets on the inside of you, it becomes a revelation and it changes things on the outside of you. It changes uh, your, your emotions. It changes your, your character. It changes who you are. And you get one of these. Because you got the joy of the Lord. And, and you can have this even when all hell's going on. Because the peace of God consumes you. Because the peace comes from His Word and from the Holy Spirit. And so, since I said the Holy Spirit, number three is we need a passion for His presence. We need a passion for His presence. Do you know uh, in Acts 2.17, it says it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. And I believe we're in the last days. You say amen. And it says, so if we're in the last days, he said that God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. You know, what's funny to me, somebody tell you they have a vision and people go, ah, I don't know about that. And then, you know, you have a vision and you get all offended because you don't nobody believes you either. We ought to quit being that way. And we ought to be listening to what the spirit of God has to say if he's speaking through that. And if it's not for you, keep your mouth shut. Just let, let that person walk that out. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we just want to judge things and hammer things because it doesn't fit into our box of God. You know, God's a big God's a big God. God can speak through visions and dreams. He said he would. He said he'd pour out his spirit upon you. 
When is the last time you just asked the Holy Spirit to just come and rest on you? When, when's the last time you sat down and, and just asked the Holy Spirit to come and, and, and just pour on you and, and fill you up? And, and, and you, you know, we miss church. You know why we miss church? We say, well, I miss seeing them. I miss seeing them. No, we miss the anointing. We miss the presence of God on that person. We miss the presence of God on that person. And we think we like them because of who they are. But no, if we really knew them, we wouldn't. We like because the Spirit of God's on them. You see, every church in America, around the world, every church has its own personality. Every church has its own people. But it's the presence of God that sits on that church and makes people come, makes people stay. It's the love of God. It's the spirit of God. And you know what? We need to amp up the presence of God. You know, a lot of people, they like worship. They think they like this song, that song, but they like the anointing. What they're doing is they're chasing the anointing. You need to recognize the Holy Spirit. You need to recognize the presence of God. You need to Holy. You need to say, you know, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my house. Just say that right now. You're sitting at home. Say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my house. Every closet, every drawer, you're welcome, Holy Spirit. Every bedroom, living room, kitchen, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my house. How about you're welcome in my car? How about, Holy Spirit, you're welcome at my job? Well, if you're welcome at your job, then the Holy Spirit is because he lives on the inside of you. You know, Peter and the disciples, they were hiding technically in Acts 1. And then in Acts 2, the Spirit of God was poured out. They were hiding and they went out into the street and Peter began to preach. He spoke the word of God. He spoke what Jesus did. But the presence of God was resting on the words that Peter spoke. You know what? You can pray the word of God and the presence of God will come and sit on your prayers. He will cause them to come to pass. Somebody just called me, you know, this morning and said, hey, you know, or they text me and said, prayer works, prayer works. I said, amen. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So Peter went out and preached and the men who had crucified Jesus were pricked in their heart and said, what must we do? And that's power. It changed them. The word of God and the spirit of God will change you. Quit, quit denying the power of God on his word and denying the presence of God and the power in his presence. Number four, we need to have a passion for the kingdom of God. The kingdom principles, kingdom, the king's domain. Is your house the king's domain? Is your house, is Jesus king of your house? Is Jesus king of your heart? Is Jesus king of your car? Is Jesus king of your desires? Is he allowed uh, to use the kingdom principles uh, that he has put in his word and in your heart at your work? Do you do everything as unto the Lord? Come on, kingdom, to putting the kingdom of God first. You know, David did some crazy things in his life, but you know, he put God first every time. Even when he repented, he repented and he put the kingdom first. That's why God said, in, even today in the New Testament, even uh, years and years, he's the man after God's own heart. That's what he said. You know what? Jesus was even called the son of David. Even after David messed up like he did, because he had a passion for God's for God, he had a passion for the kingdom of God, and he wanted to do everything uh, for God that he could, even though he got off, even though he got into his flesh. 
but he had a passion. How about Matthew 6, 33? We've heard it. We've, we've read it uh, probably a thousand times, but it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So we know that we need to love God. We know that we need to love his word. We need to lo love his presence. But we need to seek the kingdom. We need to be about the father's business. We need to be doing kingdom business. Your desires for the kingdom of God should point to things that are bigger than you. Your church ought to be bigger than you. Your church ought to be bigger than what you're doing. You know what? The things you believe in and do for, for the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, it, it would go back to talk about David for a second. His desires moved God because his desires were godly. Uh, you know, he wanted to establish God. He wanted to build the temple. He wanted to, uh, to do things for God. You know, there was a lady in the, uh, in the early 1900s and it was Amy Simple McPherson. She started the Foursquare Denomination, built a huge church in Los Angeles, and, and she was about kingdom business. She died in 1944. And to this day, every year, the Los Angeles Times, they write a letter and put it in the paper about her. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. They did not like her. The city did not like her. But she was changing people's lives. She started a whole denomination. Uh, she loved God. She, she prayed for the sick. She prayed people got saved. Uh, she was changing the city. And you know what? It's been almost 80 years and they're still writing terrible things. The devil still hates her. Ha, she's been gone for 80 years and the devil still hates her because she, she did kingdom business. How about you? Are you doing anything for God? Are you making the devil mad? You know, the, the, you know, somebody said this statement and they said, if you're not running into the devil every now and then, maybe you're walking with him. Maybe you need to be doing something for the kingdom of God. You need to be pushing and putting the kingdom of God and put it number one. Seek it first, first and foremost every day. And these are kingdom principles, what we're talking about. Number five. And this is, this is, I added this one because I can't get past this because there's so many people, so many people who do not know who they are in Christ. And you try to tell them and they won't believe it. But you know what? You need to ask God for a passion to know who you are. If, if you've ever been to one of our services or for a while, you'll see me call up little kids and I'll try to talk them out of their name. I'll ask them their name and I said, no, we're going to change your name. And they laugh and they go, no, you can't change my name. And you know what? I, I can't hurt their feelings uh, by trying to change their name, calling them uh, Billy Bob or, or Huey P or whatever. And they just laugh. No, that's not my name because they know who they are. And when you try to call them another name, they laugh because they know that that's not them how many of you uh did you know that you know that you know that you're a child of god how many of you struggle with that that you're not good enough it's not about you being good enough it's what jesus has done i've got a scripture for you I want you to take this scripture and I want you to go look it up and I want you to read it. I want you to tape it on the mirror when you fix your hair, put your makeup on, shave, whatever you do, ladies or, or whatever. But this is this is a scripture that will help you. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified. And this is in the Amplified because it just it's going to break it down. But listen to what this says. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship. Man, oh man, God created you. He knew you in your mother's womb. We are his workmanship, his own masterwork. A work of art. 
Come on. Can you say that you're a work of art? Well, I just don't feel like I'm a work of art. It doesn't matter what you feel like. God says you're a work of art. You know what? You're comparing yourself to other people. Quit it. God created you. You are his masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus. That's the part you're missing. You're looking at yourself. You're looking at your face. You're looking at your clothes. You're not looking at Jesus on the inside of you. You were created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed. Say, I've been spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used. Are you ready to be used? Well, I, I, I don't know if God had ever used me. Do you know Moses said that? Lord, who am I that you would send me to set your people free? Who am I? Come on, Moses struggled with this, but you need to quit struggling and you need to know who you are, that you're his workmanship and you've been renewed, transformed, and you're ready to be used. Come on, it's time to step out. It's time to be used. It's time to have these passions for God, a passion for his word, a passion for his presence, a passion for the kingdom, a passion to know who you are. And listen to what it says. All right, for good works that we're ready for, to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths he set. Are you on the path he set? Come on, don't wait till heaven to get on the path that he set. You can start and get on the path that he has set for you because God has a plan for you, a purpose for you. He has a calling for you. And it's time to get fired up. It's time to set yourself on fire for God and let's burn for him and to be used for good works, which God has prepared that we should walk in them. God wants you to walk in good works and listen to what it says, living the good life. Well, that's, that, uh, that's not me, Pastor. I'm not living the good life. Yes, you are. The good life starts on the inside. See, when the Word of God comes on the inside of you, it starts changing the outside. And if it's not changing you on the inside, your outside's not changing. So let's stop. If the outside, if you're not living the good life and you don't have love, joy, and peace, and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about love, joy, and peace and the Spirit of God, the Kingdom of God. Hear me? then the outside is not going to change. Then you've got to start doing something different. Get out of that rut you're walking in. Get out of that rut and start getting into the word of God and getting on fire for God. Living the good life in which he has pre prearranged and has made ready for you. So don't forget who you are. You know, we talked about James said, we look in the mirror and we walk away and forget what manner of man we are. You are a child of God. You have the spirit of God. You're the house of God. His word. Oh, you can understand his word because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you and he's your teacher. You can understand the word of God and you can memorize the word of God. How many songs do you have memorized? It's called you. You went over it and over it and over it and over it. And yes, you can understand and you can hear and you can walk in the things of God. Don't sell yourself short. We're going to close with this. As you see Jesus for who he is, you want to be like him. He is loving. He's forgiving. He's kind. He's merciful. We need to ask God for God's glory to be revealed to us. His goodness. You know, a lot of people, they say this. They say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this and I'm going to ask God that. And I'm going to ask God this. Listen to me. If one of his angels appeared to you, you're going to be on your face. 
You're going to be on your face when you stand. Before, when you stand, you're going to fall when God shows up. When you walk into His presence, it's going to be so overwhelming. It's going to take you some time to get used to being in His presence. And we need to learn to start now, start walking in His presence. And we don't need to be so proud that we're going to stand before God and, and we're going to say this and that. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to tremble and you're going to, because He is so awesome, He is so powerful, and He is so mighty. And you know what? He's not out to get you. Uh, let, me just, let me just go after that just for a second as we close. God's not out to get you. Where could a man hide? The Bible says, where can a man hide? If God was after him, he's going to get him. The Bible says <clears throat> in Revelation, they're going to ask for the rocks to cry out. To fall on them because of the power of the almighty God. The power of the almighty God. God's power has been, has been sent to save you, not to get you. God's power is present in the earth to heal you, to deliver you from destruction, from even things that you have done to yourself. God's power has been sent into the earth to, to, to bring his salvation to you, to bring this life, this good life, this good living to, that he wants to bring to you. We've got to receive it. Come on, get in line today. Say, I want this. I want the life that God has for me. I want the life that God has for my children. I want the life. that I can run and I can serve Him with all my heart, with all my strength. So if you're listening to me today and you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you do that? You know, Romans, it, it says a lot in Romans about God's righteousness and God, God uh, wanting to present to you uh, His righteousness. And in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with his mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you want to believe in him? Do you know what? God is waiting on you to pray and ask Him to reveal Jesus to you. Ask Him to come into your life, to, to, to be born again, to be saved. You see, we were all born with a sin nature, but God wants to recreate His nature on the inside of you. God wants you to accept what Jesus has done. Just let it be a beginning. You don't have to understand everything. You don't even have to clean up everything. Just come to God, and He'll clean you up. He'll wash you in the blood of Jesus and make you white as snow. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you for those listening today that they receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, that you put a fire in every person under the sound of my voice, Lord God, to have a passion for you, passion for your word, passion for your presence, a passion, Lord God, to know the kingdom of God and your ways. Father, to know who we are, Father, burn in us with passion. I pray, Lord God, that people would pray and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior today. We thank you, Father, for all you're doing in this church, in this state, in these, this country and around the world. Thank you for revival in these last days. Glory, glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all. 
We're glad you joined us today. Be blessed. Be full of God today. And, and, and st be stirred uh, to every day. Seek God and his ways. In Jesus' name. God bless y'all.